0: Ladies and gentlemen, those beers are poured out in honor of our brackets. May they rest in peace for all time, because like every year, they're up in flames. Uh, Dan, uh, how's your bracket doing individually in terms of is it singed or is it completely ashes? Uh, Generally ashes, but I
1: guess with. Relative to the entire scope of this year, I have two Final Four teams left, I guess. I mean, that makes me feel good. That's about all I can say about it.
0: I think a lot of people are in that boat, um, including our guest today. We are joined by a founding member of the Fantasy Football Bush League, our good friend and fellow WVU alum, Jesse Elias. Jesse, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I uh, I initially put in a request to be on the Bush League podcast to kind of air my grievances on the Pittsburgh Steelers free agency. And now I also can air some grievances on my bracket and West Virginia losing also. So should, uh, should be a good time with you guys. Appreciate it. And uh, hard to believe that the Bush League has been this long, I think we started it almost a decade ago. It would have been twenty twelve. So we're we're going on almost ten years now.
0: I think I think in name it's been the Bush League since about twenty fourteen, but some incarnation of it existed since twenty twelve. That first year in the dorms, so that'd be accurate. And uh, as Jesse said, he requested to come on here as an airing of grievances and that's why i'm drinking a beer an ipa called raging bitch because that's <laughs> g- generally what's going to be i think well, let's dive straight into march madness and we're all w fans i believe we were all in some sort of raging bitch mode after watching that game for various reasons now i want to start with this i feel like i don't have to say this to our listeners or to these people but um if you're the type of person who went on social media and attacked the players after this game, um, reevaluate your life. Grow up. Be a better human being. Let me just start with that because yeah, it's, it's
1: insanity. It's dehuman. How can you do that to a person after just given the the joy of that season to you? You know, no matter what happens in the tournament and. Everything you're going to do is just make West Virginia worse. That's all you do when you do stuff like that. You know, you're small and stop it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, West Virginia fans, we were frustrated because we have not seen our school win a title in a major sport like basketball or football, but I think a lot of people forget, man, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, and I mean, it's one thing to be frustrated, but yeah, the death threats and all that, that was just uncalled for.
0: Yeah. It's one thing to say, like, I didn't think that guy played well. It's another thing to do that. That's, that's, that's crossing the line. That being said, let's dive into this WU game to start. I will say this. I don't really think other than Derek Culver, every other player in this game for WU pretty much played their heart out. I felt like. They might not have made all the best decisions, but I think it's fair to say they they all tried their hard. And Derek Culver did, too. He just was not being effective and had to get out of there.
1: I think Culver got disheartened. He got those chances early and couldn't make stuff happen. and got put in a situation he was uncomfortable with and then didn't know what to do and just kind of. It lacked, for a better term, kind of shut down a little bit, and Gabe had to come in and just run that position. Um, I think everybody else, yeah, was ready to go. I don't think Taz played well at all. He kind of got his scoring a little bit late, but those couple passes he made in the the first half were, I don't know what he was thinking. I've never seen him do that. He's so good. He's usually so smart in those situations. The 2-3 zone scared us. In the first half. Scared us from shooting, it felt like, for some reason. Second half, we shot. We played like ourselves again. And then Buddy Baham took over. You know? is what it is.
2: It felt like that 2-3 zone... It it felt like it really took Deuce McBride out of the game. And Mm -hmm. they were it into Culver. And then... I thought he struggled. I thought this Matthews struggled at first. I, I could count like a few, uh, a few misses down below there with Culver, but I thought he picked it up a little bit as the game went on. But that first stretch, where I don't think we made a basket for the first five and a half minutes, and it's uh, it's tough to win in March when when you do that. And um, I texted Chuck this during the game. I'm pretty sure it was easier to make a three point shot on our Division one team than it was playing pickup at the wreck because for some reason we just could not defend that early on. It felt like Syracuse was shooting like fifty or sixty percent at least in the first half and that that was just kind of the story of the game.
1: they're shooting like fifty two percent or something for the tournament between the two games
0: from three. It's ridiculous, yeah I mean. That one, that point guard that took that shot from like Steph Curry Dame range, where he's like by the logo at near the end of the first half. That's yeah. when I was like, okay, they're just, yeah, they're just shooting. This is not. I mean, I don't. We weren't playing. I don't think great three point defense. But when they're making that shot, that's that's there. There's something in the water there. They're just that, feeling that's
2: the it. type of shot as a defender. You're like, yeah, take that because that that goes in. Once every twenty times, so right. yeah, they, they were just on
1: one. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Buddy Behan three points in the first half. He averages eighteen. You came out knowing the second half, like he's going to get his points. How do we? How do we make up that gap? And we we did because McNeil matched him, you know, pace for pace for the longest time. That's how we stuck in the game. But then we made the critical error right after we had tied it up. I think Taz's three had tied it up from the corner that. Buddy Beheim was the point guard for those possessions and was in score mode only. And they kept running him off screens until we finally switched him to someone smaller than he was. And it ended up being Sean McNeil like three times in a row. And he just backed him in, got in rhythm because he knew he could rise up above against him and went bang, bang, bang. Up nine points, three minutes left. Basically game over. You're playing catch up from then on. He... He took
0: over. Yeah, I think this team all year was not nearly as defensively elite as we're used to seeing West Virginia in the past under Bob Huggins' tenure. I think that's the biggest improvement we need to see the team going forward. And then just being growing more confidence in their offense. I think that's basically the two things they need to do. I think Gabe needs to get a little more confident in his, in his offense Do a little more under the basket. Are we assuming he's coming back? We're just assuming he's coming back. I mean, yeah. I mean, Miles might go. He's projected end of the first round, possibly right now. But I have a feeling they'll be doing that. You know, the new NBA rule where you're allowed to like declare for the draft, but not sign an agent, talk to people, and then come back if you you can still choose to opt back in. Wait, you're saying Miles McBride is being projected into the late first round of the NBA draft? Late first round, end of the early second round, yeah. Holy, in some projections, crap. yeah. I mean, he he's gets buckets he's, and he's he shoots awesome. NBA shots where he that little pull up jumper. Yeah. Like, I mean, if he had a floater in his game, that'd be pretty much it. But and that's why I think he's gonna come back. Like, I think, he's I only think sophomore, I, I think. There's no way he stays after next year. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, but you know, now mo- moving on, looking at the rest of the bracket as a whole, um, what what? Did, Jesse, I want to start with you. What's the biggest surprise in this year's bracket? Is there a team? Is there a trend? Is there anything that that took you by surprise?
2: Honestly, my biggest surprise is. There was so many, there were so many upsets that actually happened. It usually you see like one or two teams like kind of pull off that upset, and you had Oral Roberts, North Texas, Ohio. Um, trying to look what else here? Abilene Christian. I mean, that's four 13 and 14 seeds winning. Or and, and or Roberts being a
1: fifteen, mm-hmm.
2: so that that was a big surprise. And I, honestly, I am just shocked how wrong my bracket is. I think I'm like of the Sweet Sixteen. I'm six for sixteen. Usually, I'm not that bad, but I still got Baylor in, so uh, I have a chance. It, but it's more like that. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how screwed I am. <laughs>
1: I don't think you're the only one there,
0: Jesse. I think there are many people right where you're uh, floating. Dan, how about, how about you? What's the biggest surprise for you? Uh, one Big Ten team left. One Big
1: Twelve team left. Four Pac-12 teams are in the Sweet Sixteen. I am amazed, and I must tip my hat. They play too late for me to get to know these teams. But now that you get to watch USC, looks unstoppable. I mean, they look great. The Mobley brothers—they can—they're they, so athletic and physical. They—they they run up and down the court like Derek Culver looks tired. I, many Kofi Coburn looked tired at times. Like even the the who I thought were some of the best big men in the league, Evan Mobley never looks tired. He just looks like he can run for days and forever. And I. That, the Pac-12, man. That's that's it for me.
0: I think for me, the biggest uh, um, surprise... You know, first round upsets, you know, that's like... That's the tournament, right? Like, that's surprising. Or not... Well, they're surprising, but like at the same time, like... It's March, you know? It's crazy. It's the second round upsets that really threw me through a loop, you know? Mm-hmm. The the Syracuse beating us, the Oregon state getting to the sweet 16, Loyola beating Illinois, Oral Roberts beating Florida. I mean there's this goes on. I mean UCLA is in the sweet 16.
1: Mhm.
0: Uh Oregon beating Iowa, um, you know, USC beating K- all of that is just crazy to me. Because like I, you know, Oral Roberts beating Ohio State, that's shocking. That's truly shocking them be then Florida right after to get there is mind-blowing to me that's that's the part that comes and I think all and that's the this- crazy part about this
1: season or we don't think about Oral Roberts this year they will not go down in history the way Florida Gulf Coast did one because of the style of play but they will remember as a 15 seed that somehow made it to the Swing Seats team you know it was like insane Oral Roberts just did that but because the four other teams you just mentioned also did it. They'll be surrounded in history with a cloud of this is
0: just a crazy upset year. Yeah. Um, and what's I think what's part of the reason that all of this is happening is that, you know, it's the COVID year. Teams did not play all one. We, it wasn't a uniform schedule. It wasn't uniform at all. I think that made it hard for the committee to place these teams, to see these teams, and evaluate these teams. We don't know how good these teams actually are because it was hard to watch all of them. You didn't know when they were playing. And it was hard for these teams to get in rhythm, and now they're finding that rhythm, which is obviously causing chaos. Um, all that yeah. said. I oh. mean,
1: Syracuse looks terrifying, right? <sighs> just as the West Virginia people just watch them play. They look terrifying.
0: Yeah, but this Houston team—I don't know—they're—they're good guards. They might be able to break that zone.
1: We'll see. They should have lost to Rutgers, though. I mean,
0: that would have been. Who knows what's going on? I I
1: mean, this is insanity. (laughs) Uh, Let's get
2: no position to give any more predictions. (laughs) That nun from Loyola keeps praying the way that she did. Did you guys see that? How detailed that prayer was. That she said, it's like if we can if we can make fifty percent of our layups and thirty percent of our shots, you know, God probably read that and was like, you know what, that makes sense. You guys are through. <laughs> yeah,
1: I saw something that was like uh, she prayed that they would shoot thirty percent or less from the three point line, and they shot exactly thirty percent. It was like, well, she got what she wanted.
2: It's insane. It's March. I mean, that's what are you gonna do?
1: That's when the nuns come out.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice if she, you know, maybe concentrated those efforts towards. Other things other than Loyola Chicago breaking our brackets, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Who am I to judge, I guess? Anyways. God doesn't listen to those. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that moves us on to our main topic, which is NFL free agency is in full swing. Um, it's the original reason we have started this. Uh, we are fantasy football podcast. And this yeah. episode specifically, Jesse wants to air his grievances. Um, so what we're going to do is go division by division and talk about some of the major, um, signings that may have an effect on your fantasy football team. This fall, it's never too early. Start thinking about it. Um, um, it's been a wild off season. Uh, so this year they started with the initial tampering period, which began last Monday, March 15th. um where teams were able to start talking to pe- their age free agents. Um, it officially opened St. Patrick's Day. And since then, there have been a flurry of signings all over the place for almost every team, except one, which may or may not come up. I may or may not be a fan of them. We'll see. Anyways, moving on. Um, so we're going to go division by division and just talk about some of the big off. We're mostly going to focus on offense. Um even though there have been a ton of defensive signings this off season, but for terms of fantasy, you know, offenses where, where we make our points. So let's start there. Uh, I'm going to start, as I said, with the AFC North and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now in terms of fantasy skill positions, the biggest deal in probably the AFC North is the Pittsburgh Steelers signing, re-signing one year deal of Juju Smith Schuster, To a one-year, $8 million deal, which includes a $7 million signing bonus. You can look up the details elsewhere. Uh, They also re-signed Ray Ray McLeod, as well as three offensive linemen. Uh, They re-signed their tackle, Zach Banner, and two others. Um, Let me go through the rest of the division really quickly. Uh, The Browns re-signed Rashard Higgins, for what it's worth, and signed another wide receiver, JoJo Natson. Um, the Ravens signed a tight end, Josh Oliver, who, or my bad, they traded for him, um, as well as signing an offensive lineman. And the Bengals signed several offensive linemen, as well as a backup quarterback in Brandon Allen, who they re signed. Uh, Jesse, this is your moment to shine. I want to hear your thoughts on the Steelers' offseason as well as the rest of your division. And I see you have some papers there, so I know you've got some prepared remarks.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've done my homework on this, and I'm just looking at our roster right now, and it just does not look good. I don't know about you, Dan. I am, uh, I am not looking forward to ne- to next season. Oh, no, we finished third at best. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm, and now that it's 17 games... I think there's a chance we see Tomlin's first losing season. I would not be shocked because eight and eight ain't going to happen anymore.
1: Yeah. I'm inclined to think that. I don't know how he won eight that, what, last year. So I wanted, I don't know, I guess, think well, of Tomlin in that way. But
2: Well, I'll tell you how we won it, Dan. We won it because we had the best defense and <laughs> we were forced to gut that defense this offseason. So, not too thrilled about that.
1: What's your least favorite defensive move? Because there are a couple. What's What's the one? The one in, sticking in your back.
2: The one that made the the one the one that made me text you guys, getting rid of Steve Nelson um, in order to re-sign Juju. I just, I mean, that is just to me. And to be, everyone thinks I hate Juju. That knows me, I don't. I hate some of his antics, but I like him as a football player and I like everything he's done with Pittsburgh. And in a perfect world with salary cap, I want him on the team, but we're just not there. So before before we had re signed Juju, we had about four million in cap. Now the way Juju's deal is structured, it's only costing us, I think, two point four, two point five for this year. Right. So we're not technically under yet. But you haven't signed any draft picks yet. And with the lack of depth we have, you gotta sign all of them. So somebody had to be expendable and it, it was Nelson. And I just I, I don't know, man. Just I, I have a really bad feeling about this because I'm having flashbacks to the Artie Burns days in, in twenty seventeen when they paired him with Joe Hayden. And it's uh it, it's not good because when we added Nelson
1: so you Our don't you don't Derek think Sutton, Sutton
2: can better. step up? You don't think Cameron Sutton
1: can be a number two corner?
2: I think he can, but who do you have in the nickel? You have a guy. that's in Lane that that hasn't played before, and mm. T- Tomlin's record of drafts and cor- cornerbacks is just is atrociously bad. So I, I'm I'm concerned with the lack of depth that we have to to add a position. At receiver, that we draft, we we draft receivers better than any other team in the NFL during Tomlin and Colbert's era. I I, I don't I can't think of another team that drafts better consistently at the receiver position. So it, yeah, in my I, opinion, look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Sutton steps up and he's just a beast and does everything Nelson does. But um, yeah, I, I just I, I'm looking at our roster on defense and. Yeah. There, there's just not much depth. I mean, we only got – we only have two edge rushers on our defense right now, Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt. We have
1: yeah, no I saw a Lou sign somewhere else as well, Jacksonville or something, I think, and he's a – yeah. he, he was good. I like I the future of him, but, uh, yeah. I don't love investing in our offense because I don't love our offense, especially with Ben. I feel like we're rebuilding. Um. We do have the trio of wide receivers now. That um, I'm wondering, fantasy wise, how do you rank them now, Jesse? Rank your fantasy wide receivers from the Steelers for next year.
2: Um, I would say, for fantasy wise, I would say Juju, Deontay, Claypool. And the reason I say Juju first is because I think Ben was a big part of Juju coming back. There's a lot of speculation in Pittsburgh that Ben played a pivotal role in bringing Juju back. So I think he's going to want to give him a lot of targets.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Deontay, too, just because, I mean, we know what Deontay can do. I mean, he, he is a consistent six, seven catches a game. I mean, he... You had him on your team, didn't you? Did you have Deontay?
0: I'd be right here.
2: That's my co-host over there. Yeah, Chuck, he, was, he was a consistent <laughs> starter for you, wasn't he?
0: As long as he was healthy. you he missed like three or four games, but every game he played, except for I think one, he had at least five catches, at least 60 yards and a touchdown pretty much every single game. I mean – He's my, um, he's
1: my number one spoiler from the team. I'll let you go to the next, Chuck, and let you know how I feel about the
0: other two. Right. Your no, uh,
1: Pittsburgh receivers.
0: No, I would say Deontay won. I mean, not just because he was on my team, but just because, yep. you know, he was consistent. Like, I, like Juju, like in a 17-game season, Juju might be the number one receiver in, like, four games this year. But he might be, like, the number three of those three receivers and like three or four of them as well. You know what I mean? I feel like Deontay is pretty much reliable. Every game he plays, you, you know what he's going to give you Claypool. He's kind of big play dependent too. I think that's, I would go Deontay, Juju, Claypool in that Juju and Deontay can both catch those underneath, especially in a PPR league like we have, um, Juju's also gonna get six or seven catches a game, but his catches start at like seven yards and depend on him getting upfield. Whereas Deontay runs, I think, a little deeper routes and has just more average depth of catch, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I completely Claypool agree is, with what you're
2: uh, Yeah. Claypool is really big play dependent, but I mean he's he's also very young, uh so I expect him to kind of take off a little bit, but yeah, I, I would rank him at 3 2. I had him on my team last year, and um, he's actually. he Before the Juju sign, re signing, he was actually going to be my keeper over Lamar Jackson. But with Juju back in good, the mix. Good now, trade then, Jesse. What? It's a good trade then. Hey, I mean, I. <laughs> At the time, Claypool wasn't doing that though. I, so, but um, now I'm probably gonna keep Lamar Jackson now that Juju's back. But um, yeah, I mean Clay Claypool would have weeks where he would. He had one week where he got me like 45 or 46 points.
0: Yeah, like three yeah. touchdowns in a game. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, and then and then I played. I'm then I played him the next week, and he had like two. So he he's just. Hopefully you get lucky and you play them the right week.
1: Yeah, see that's kind of that that falls into I think where my ranking will be is uh, Deontay, and then Juju and Claypool are just your team dependent. Do you need somebody that you know is going to catch the ball a couple times to get you a couple points for your team to do that, or do you need somebody that can potentially score forty six points because you need a crap ton of points? So right. that that's just what they are.
2: Yes. Yeah, um, this is also the point of my frustration as a Steelers fan. So we're talking about all these options at receiver. We did nothing to address our running game. This all we did not at this point. I mean, are are Dan? Are you? I like Benny Snell and McFarland. Are you confident in them as the number one back, like remotely? I'm. I'm oh I'm- no, I think we absolutely draft somebody
1: and do the triple-headed crazy monster thing that we hopefully can figure out. Who needs to be on the? Uh, field when they need to be on the field but I, I i don't think we will have a legitimate running back or james connor gets nothing on the open market and comes back for like i don't know 1.1.2 or something like that you know
2: yeah but the thing is i don't even i like connor but i don't even want him i, I don't even i'll want take him, him at 1.2 yeah 1.2 two years four mil i'll take i would james take yeah. no problem uh the I'm worried if we bring them back, the Steelers are going to be like, "Yeah, our running game's like, our, our running game solved, and we were in the bottom. I, I think we were like 30 or 31 last year." But Jesse, uh,
1: that completely depends on what the record of our team is. If we win 11 games, yeah, no, our running back game's fine. Apparently, I mean, we won 11 games. But if we do what I think you and I are unfortunately projecting and win six games. The whole thing blows up and we we address our issues now Now, that's my hope at least
2: now if who who do you want in the first round
1: i mean we pick what 20 where are we
2: yeah i i it's kind of hard to say but like ideal scenario
1: there's no see this is what's the there's no way the cornerback from virginia tech i can't remember his name That has having back surgery drops to 24, right? I I always, I can't remember his freaking name, but he's, I mean, I think he's a top 10. Kevin, I want to say like Kevin Herber or something like that. It might be completely, completely wrong, but I don't know what's probably, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that's who that is. I I would love that because he is falling because he is having surgery, but uh, that. Yeah, or I mean I, there's no way
2: Najee Harris or anything like that even remotely falls near us, I wouldn't think. But No, you, I, I would be very surprised if he falls to us. That's, Caleb
0: Farley is the corner. Caleb,
1: my bad. Caleb Farley, yes. 100, that is him.
0: For what yeah, it's worth.
2: I want, I, I want
1: uh What was honestly, that chuck sorry?
2: I I want to just take take the biggest refrigerator to, linemen in the first round and take sermon or somebody else in the in the second but yep that's uh that's where we're at with the Steelers so I'm 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 pretty pissed at them it's not going to be good but yeah we got to move on yeah I I can talk Uh, about the Steelers all day so
0: for what it's worth the mock draft I'm looking at has Caleb Farley going two spots ahead of you to Tennessee which would make sense after letting the Adoree Jackson like the entire second yeah And uh, they have you guys drafting Liam Eichenberg, an, an offensive lineman from Notre Dame. So, no. hey, offensive linemen from Notre Dame have a good history.
1: No, I'd be okay with that. I mean, I'm
2: definitely not opposed to
0: that. But uh, um, I'm going to move on now to the AFC East, because this is probably where the most free agency activity has been just in terms of um, – Especially just, I mean, really just the Patriots alone. But Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but the uh, the other teams have, the Bills have been pretty, uh, have made a couple interesting moves too. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's start with the Patriots. So they bring back Cam Newton as their quarterback on a one-year deal. They also signed Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne from the Raiders and 49ers uh, respectively. Mm-hmm. They also went out. Signed Hunter Henry to a three-year deal and Jonu Smith to a four-year deal and got Trent Brown from the Raiders. That's the best move of them all. <laughs> um, other notable moves, they, brought, they bring in safety Jalen Mills and Kyle, Kyle Van Noy. Um, let's go to the Bills. Mitchell Trubisky. Well, I think we need to do it
1: just address the Patriots first Chuck. that's that is just so much. Um, I'll start with I think this is good for Cam Newton. obviously just being like being back in football in general and outside of that that they added so many weapons plus his running I think Cam Newton is a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year. I' I'm putting, I'm putting that on the table right now. Any any massive objections to that?
2: No, no. Well, people forget, too. Cam got COVID in, what, like week five or six? And I'm pretty sure the Patriots were like four and two before he left. And and Cam was playing really well. So now with all these weapons added, I mean, man, Bill Belichick just scares me. I I, I, what the, the Patriots are bad for one year. That's like that's all we get. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be good. Uh, Cam, Cam Newton's definitely in a good position to succeed.
0: Yeah, I think my favorite of these, in terms of just fantasy production, mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne in this Patriots offense, I think is going to do work. He was so good for San Francisco. I think he's going to really succeed in this Patriots offense. Um, you think he's
1: going to be a check down man for Cam? Is that what is that what you're thinking with that?
0: I think he just runs those quick routes that the Patriots love to to do. He, he's just gonna be so versatile for them. He'll get those touches. Like if you're in a deeper league and you need a flex position, Kendrick Bourne's mm-hmm. gonna be great. Um I love the John U. Smith signing for the Patriots, and then they signed Hunter Henry, and now I'm like I have no idea which one of these tight... I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Maybe both of them will do really well. It's possible. Um, I, but if I had Henry, to
1: pick... Yeah, Hunter, Henry Hunter Henry is Henry. one of the... See, I, I was going to go the other way. Hunter Henry is one of the best, like, five or six blocking tight ends in the league that actually runs routes. They're the tight ends you just bring in only to block, not counting them. You know, receiving tight ends that also block. He is big and can move people. And we know in that Patriots offense, they do that two-send, like the double-set 12-man group. And I I think Jonu, he's so athletic that he's going to be the receiving, streaking down the middle of the field guy for Cam like Greg Olson used to do. At the same time, I I think in Bill Belichick, as Jesse alluded to, figures things out. I think Jonu is the guy, actually.
2: Mm. I think he's trying to pull pull a page out of that uh, Gronk and Hernandez playbook that he had for all those years with those two tight ends. I mean, that, that was pretty much unstoppable.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, I will, I think, and generally in fantasy for tight ends, there's, at this point, there's really only four to talk about. Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Gronk. They're going to be the top four. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, yeah. Mark Andrews is, is five. Those are the five yeah. elite tight ends. I think Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith will be fighting for that six, seven, eight spot. And both of them could end up there. One of them you do, you just never know. But I think they're gonna be someone you keep an eye. If you're if you're especially in most leagues and non keeper leagues, you know, Kelsey and Waller and Kittle will probably go first four rounds. Uh, there's a chance you get Andrews in like a fifth or a sixth, but if you're waiting and sitting back on a tight end, either one of these two in the seventh or eighth round is going to be a really good pick. Um, you might even get them later,
1: man. You, they might drop to nine or 10. Depending
0: on what league you're in, yeah, they might. They might.
1: Because you got to remember, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts will be drafted in the fourth or fifth round, sixth round by somebody,
0: at the at the latest. You know, add that yeah, to the
1: landscape. Other tight ends go down.
0: Yeah, and that dude is a baller. We'll we'll do we'll. When we I do might draft be drafting <laughs> Kyle Pitts in the fourth round.
1: I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not one of the suckers because I love him. But, you
0: know, didn't remember? he dropped anyway, like
2: a four four the other day?
0: Yeah, his forty time at his pro day was wild. Impressive to say yes, yeah. I'll look it up here in a second uh, for now. Let me go- move on to the rest of the AFC East. Um, the bill signed Mitch and <laughs> to a one-year deal as a backup quarterback. I think this might be a one of a gene, genius signings ever. I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, they, uh they signed Isaiah McKenzie to a one-year deal. They signed Emmanuel Sanders to a one year deal. I think that's interesting. And they signed a running back as well, as well as tight end Jacob Hollister and a couple offensive linemen. Mm. Um, is it okay if I go through the rest of the AFC East at this point? Yeah, now you're good. Right. So I had to cut the I just want to say one off, thing though. about
2: Mitch yeah. Trubisky. Just have to shout out one of my really good friends. We played Mitch Trubisky in high school. Anthony Bova picked him off twice. We got beat, <laughs> we got beat very bad, but my very good friend... Anthony Bova picked him off twice. So I just have to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, the, That's uh, all
1: we have to say about Mitch.
0: I promise. <laughs> <laughs> the Miami Dolphins, uh, they signed quarterback Jacoby Brissett from the Colts. Sad to see him go, but they signed him to a one-year deal. Uh, they also signed, picked up uh, running back Malcolm Brown from the Rams. And wide receiver Mac Hollins resigned with the team, uh, as, well, as well as signing Will Fuller to a one-year deal worth $10.5 million for him. Um, and then finally, the Jets, a lot of money to spend, and they've been spending it. They signed Keelan Cole and Corey Davis at the wide receiver position. They pick up Tyler Croft, I believe, from the Bengals. Um uh, Yes. And then a re-signed uh, Josh Adams, who's one of their third-string running backs. They also spend a good amount of money on the defensive end with Carl Lawson and LaMarcus Joyner. Um, here's here's what I'm going to say about the Mitch signing and the reason I thought it was genius. You sign Mitch Trubisky to a one-year deal as pure trade bait, knowing that some team out there is going to lose their quarterback and you're going to be like, you know, we lost somebody. Maybe we can make something happen. And you sign him to a one-year deal, so you send him to that team. That team knows he's just a rental. I think that's genius to me. That's genius.
2: I, I agree with that. that. That makes sense. I love,
1: I love it in concept, Chuck. You, you blew my mind there for a second. I was like, oh, that is brilliant. And then I just thought about Mitch Trubisky and went, I'm not sure it's going to work. I I, just, I don't know. Is anybody going to trade for him?
2: A desperate team may. I mean, th- there oh, have man. been dumber trades made in the NFL. That's
1: a good point. But I think the, the biggest signing from this fantasy wise is what the hell happens to Wolf Fuller? How much do you believe in Wolf Fuller with Tua and that offense and that growing team? I want to hear what you two have to say. Cause I, I, I have a
0: feeling. This is a, this is an interesting one because I'm not to his biggest fan in terms of, uh, you know, whether or not he's going to succeed, but he also had like three quarters of last year. He was learning. He kind of got thrown into the pot. So I'm interested to see how they, he adjusts and learns this year. Um, I think Will Fuller might do him good, though, because Preston Williams and Devontae Parker are good. But Will Fuller stretches the field in a way that is going to make, I think, their offense more dynamic. I don't know if Will Fuller will fully benefit from that, but I but I think it's going to make the offense better overall. I can't there. He's a talented player. I mean, top 20. I mean, he's one of the best – I mean, he's easily one of the best – I mean, yeah, top 20 wide receiver, top 25.
1: Fantasy finisher. Is he a top 20 fantasy finisher next year,
0: Will Fuller? If he can stay healthy, I think so. I think so. He always
2: has, like, one or two games a year where he just puts up an ungodly amount of points. Didn't he have, like, a 50- or 60-point game last year? He did. He did. Uh, It it was insane. So – yeah, That's I mean, a good but point. It's, can he do it consistently? But now he, he, he's got some more weapons around him, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, I also like that Malcolm Brown signing also. I thought that was a good pickup. Yeah, um, he might be a
1: steal in the 14th round of drafts this year because everything's going to be the gas man, Michael Gaskin, I guess. Or they draft somebody, or he's just a steady force to be reckoned with at the number two spot potentially in that backfield. And one injury away from Mike Davis of this last year, which got yeah. a lot of people
0: a lot of places. Yeah, um, I think the two other big notable signings out of this one for me: uh, Corey Davis to the Jets and um, Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see how much Emmanuel Sanders gets used in this offense because between Gabriel Davis. And um, Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs, they're already got a lot of dynamic wide receivers. And Isaiah McKenzie, I believe, was getting some time there at the end of last year. Or so, mm-hmm. if memory serves, so uh, yeah, that's cr- it's crazy that they brought him here.
2: If, the, if, we're able to fully have fans by football season. Bill's mafia is going to be insane this year because they missed out on last year.
0: So mm. it's
2: uh, it, it's a good time to be a Buffalo fan right now.
0: Yeah. Um, and Corey Davis on the Jets. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Sam Darnold in that whole situation. I guess. That's- yeah, I need to know the quarterback first before I make any kind of distinction on the on the New York Jets. You know, they're, Going to be all over the place. Yeah, but I'm a big fan of this solid guy. I want to see mm-hmm. him do well. He seems like a good – he seems like a football bro, good guy. Uh, um,
2: while we're on Darnold, Dan, just quick question. They trade him. Uh, would you want him on the Steelers? I would, yeah, yes. Yes. I have no I problem take with him. that. I would take him too. Yeah, he's like a rookie,
1: but not a rookie. You know, it's like, has seasoned experience, but just entering a new facility and all the new uh, offense, obviously, and the new players and the new clubhouse and everything. I think he'd be wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, as they say, as a rookie would be, but with actual experience in the NFL. He's been hit before. I Yes.
2: I would take him over anyone we could possibly get at 24 and – those Jets teams the last few years have been so bad. You could put Peyton Manning in his prime on them, and they may win six games. So the, yeah, I, I would, nine, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They they were really bad. Yes, yes. We, can't, right. we
1: don't. We don't offend Peyton Manning on this show, uh, Jesse. I've learned that he's yeah. he's he's yeah,
0: above, above your this Tom. above
2: this podcast. Okay. You, your <laughs> you can put Tom on them, and they'll win six games. <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> That's Sorry, the Type of Slander. I'll I will allow what
2: the hell. I invite you on your show to vent and you're bashing Peyton Manning. <laughs> well, well, well this, will, will this will be my last time on the show,
0: <laughs> anyways. Yeah, well,
1: now you might as well bash Peyton Mannning as much as you want the rest of the show now.
0: No, <laughs> but let's move on to the division that he used to play in the AFC South. Um, I'm going to start with what may be the most volatile franchise in all of fra- professional sports at this very moment. That's the Houston Texans. I mean, these guys, <laughs> who knows what's going on in this building right now? Because Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson situation is so volatile right now, it's actually insane.
1: We're not touching that, man. We can't we touch we that. We are going nowhere near football. that right now.
0: That is, that's a powder keg. I, I'll refer to you to your legal counsel to explore that issue. We're just not going to touch that right now. Um, so right now, <laughs> their quarterbacks are Ryan Finley, who they acquired in a trade with the Pangles, and Tyrod Taylor. Um, they also signed Mark Ingram and Phillip Lindsay. All of those guys know how to win like six games. Like all of them. They're real good at it.
1: Mark Ingram just... Eh, Mark Ingram doesn't know how to win. But the rest of them are really good at winning four, six games.
0: They've got an entirely new wide receiving core consisting of Andre Roberts and Dante Moncrief. The trend continues. Pharaoh Brown is uh, re-signed to tight end. Uh, they also traded for a tight end, Ryan Izzo. Um, They've signed a bunch of people, mostly re-signings or signings to one-year deals. Um, On defense The Colts have four Off Four moves to speak of so far Just four (laughs) We have acquired uh, Prince Harry's doppelganger From the Philadelphia Eagles (laughs) We have re-signed running back Marlon Mack To a one year two million dollar deal um, we picked up a backup tackle from the Chargers, and we re-signed cornerback Xavier Rhodes. Um, Ty Hilton, uh, there is a campaign on Colt's Twitter called Bring T.Y. Home. It's going strong. We'll see how that works out. Um, how Jackson, much cap space do you guys have, Chuck? We have like the third or fourth most out of in the yeah, free a agency. Lot. Oh, yeah, you should be able to bring T.Y. back then. We should, but we're also talking to Sammy Watkins, so we'll see how this goes. Um, The Jacksonville Jaguars, who had the second or first most coming into the offseason, Carlos Hyde is signed, Uh, Philip Dorsett, Marvin Jones have been added in the wide receiver core. Uh, They've also made a number of defensive signings um, and they signed two offensive linemen, including... Uh, received uh, signing Cam Robinson to the franchise tag. And then finally, the Tennessee Titans, after cutting most of their secondary, uh, signed wide receiver Josh Reynolds from the Rams, uh, agreed to terms for Anthony Fersker and another uh, tight end, Jeff Swain, and then signed uh, several big defense signings, including former Steeler Bud Dupree, uh, Janoris Jenkins and Danico Autry um, As the AFC South Expert in this panel I will say this um, The Texans are basically going into this year Saying we've got a season Of football to play and these are the players that are there How good we'll be We don't know how bad we'll be We don't know but we will field a team And that's all we can say Um there, There's only been one or two teams
1: that's ever lost 16 games. <laughs> so hey. It looks like they'll lose
0: 17 games. This, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a record. Could be, I don't know if they'll be that bad. Honestly, I don't know. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. But. Because I like Tyrod. I think they've got enough pieces there to, to do something. I just don't know. They'll they just scream like this screams like a five and 13 year five and Twelve year for them. None of us are. We're gonna do this for the next six months. Say the, the wrong records forever because you don't know how to deal with the seventeen game season. Honestly, the biggest out of all of these, the biggest acquisitions are the Colts trading for Carson Wentz, and in terms of fantasy, that's pretty much it. Um, I
1: think uh, the only the only other one. It's like it's like kind of two, and they're both in the same vein: the Marlon Mack re-signing and the Carlos Hyde signing in Jacksonville. Not because of those two players, but because of what they do to Jonathan Williams and James Robinson. How much do you believe in James Robinson? That one's almost more important because I think Jonathan Williams is gonna has like Jonathan Taylor. Put him, Jonathan Taylor. Good Lord, I did it. I knew it was gonna do it. I thought, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Yes damn it Uh, for for the Colts um, has kind of cemented himself as the future running back there. I think has done enough. James Robinson was awesome last year, but you know, they have no money investment in him whatsoever. And Carlos, Carlos Hyde has been good. You know, we've seen him play well on the NFL stage. So I'm going to focus on that one with my question to you too. James Robinson running back one again, running back two, And then is Carlos Hyde potentially maybe in that uh, Jamal Williams of old type of
0: RB, end of RB3 range potentially? I think, I mean, it's a new coaching staff. You don't know how they feel about all that, but I think the tape would show you that James Robinson just played so well. I mean, yeah, he's a great fantasy player, but he played well for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. and. Agreed. When you are playing on a team that bad where people know, like, I mean, they had um, DJ Shark to worry about on the outside. So it's not like they had no one to cover. But when their quarterback situation was as, you know, abysmal as it was last year, it wasn't that threatening. And for him to be as successful as it was, I think that says a lot. And in a PPR format, I just think you can't not go with James Robinson. He's got to be an RB1. I mean, rb one. Okay, so he's definitely an rb one player. He might. I think he's like a third or fourth round pick, depending on how deep your your uh, league is, because there are probably other running backs and wide receivers guaranteed things that will go ahead of him. But I still think he's gonna be valued that high.
2: I think he's got some value too because of his pass catching ability, as opposed to Carlos Hyde. I would say he's a running back one. But I think a lot of that is going to be how they use Trevor Lawrence. I think it's going to, I think that's going to play a big role in his fantasy value during the season. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just my opinion. I'm I'm curious to see how Jacksonville uses Trevor Lawrence and what his fantasy value is going to be.
1: Plus, Marvin Jones, people. Marvin Jones, DJ Chark. Two legitimate wide receiver weapons, weapons, and now you have, I mean, a veteran presence with a rookie quarterback. They might not be checking down as much as they used to be checking down. I think James Robinson is an RB two this year. Now I think he might, he might RB seventeen is probably where he'll end up in my preseason rankings if I had to guess.
0: righty. and for more Carson Wentz thoughts, you can refer back to my our earlier episode. Yeah, we did I that. Think- we did that. <laughs> And then the Titans, I think the Titans are the Titans. It's the Derrick Henry. I mean, you think losing Corey Davis hurts, but I think Josh Reynolds is a solid signing. He's a solid, he'll be a wide receiver three for someone. You know? When you have A.J. Brown, all you need is Josh Reynolds on the other side.
1: You don't need, like, th- why do you think Corey Davis spent five years in the league and in the last two years has had a little sign of life? Because A.J. Brown's over there taking all the attention away from him.
0: And I like Anthony Fersker and Jeff Swain, even though nobody knows who they are. I just think with Johnny Smith gone, Fersker is going to get some opportunities. So he's another one. He's one of those, like, if you're not a tight end focused person, if you're just looking for someone who to draft in like the last round as backup tight end, Fersker is going to be a good option, a solid option.
1: I'm not predicting this, but in the prescription for him, it all kind of works out a little bit. He could be Darren Waller from two years ago. Hmm.
0: hmm. I could Not that. the
1: volume. Touchdowns. Not the volume. Because Darren Waller didn't score. He scored like two touchdowns that year. Just watch. Because I think the Titans are great, too. That's kind of part of it. I think their offense is great and going to
2: score. I could see him, Dan, actually getting a lot of that play action at the goal line with Derek Henry.
0: Yep. All righty. Let's move on to the AFC West. Uh, Denver Broncos haven't done a whole lot in terms of fantasy. They re-signed a running back, or signed a running back, Mike Boone. Um, not that big a deal. Their biggest signings have come on the defensive end, signing Darby and Fuller as their defensive backs. Um, the only I'm thing in-
1: real quick on them is no Philip Lindsey. I hate it. Chuck, we, we hated it all season. Melvin Gordon might be a legitimate value this year. People think he sucks. He's I mean, not great.
0: But he's gonna get two hundred and forty carries. I I think it's a make or break year for Drew Locke. I think that's all I that it is. Right. It's like you've the Broncos have to figure out their quarterback situation. Are they sticking with Drew Locke or what? That's why I'm interested to see if they trade up in this draft. But we'll that's see. Fair. That's fair. Um the defending Kansas City Chiefs, defending AFC champs, after cutting both their starting tackles, <laughs> uh, Kyle Long came out of retirement to sign with them, and they signed another offensive lineman, Joe Thune, um, and another uh, third offensive lineman. Um, and then they signed a, a free agent deal with a, with a tight end, a random tight end. So, not much to speak on there. They're the Chiefs. You know what's what's going on there. I'm going to go to the Chargers before I get to the Raiders, just because the Chargers are a little bit shorter, too. Their biggest signing, Jared Cook, is their new tight end. So, from Hunter Henry to Jared Cook. Um, and that's pretty much it in terms of fantasy. They signed a bunch of offensive linemen. Um, that's the biggest notable there, signing. There's... Those
1: three teams I got uh, Melvin Gordon and I mean Jared Cook's gonna have because of tight end t- we said it all year, Chuck. Tight end sucks and Jesse, you know, tight end sucks it's fancy. It's a nightmare We're trying to figure out who you're gonna play. Guess what? You,
2: if you Jared don't have Cook's Kelsey, gonna be fine again. it's if you don't have Kelsey, I mean, it's it's a crapshoot for ten points a week. I mean, it really is and Jerry Cooks going to get that as many times as anybody else.
0: So especially know. especially on the Chargers with Herbert throwing mm-hmm. it as much as they do. I think I think that's a good. He's going to be in a, he's he's exactly where he was last year basically. Sort of <laughs> <get through. laughs> now let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders who they they've made some moves. Um Kenyon Drake and Theo Riddick Both running backs have been (sighs) signed
1: This is a fan Like a fantasy Pompeii In this backfield Mount Vesuvius aka John Gruden went off
0: And now Everybody's burning to the ground They re-signed Jay Jones and signed John Brown After John Brown Had previously stated that he wanted to sign With either the Steelers or the Colts Apparently he's a liar (laughs) (laughs) who knew. Um, Then they've got a bunch of other offensive linemen and defensive linemen signings. Uh, Yannick and Gawkway, the most notable among them on their D end. Um, I'm just going to put this out there. Why? Why you? <laughs> why you've got Josh Jacobs and had Jalen Rashard? I mean, feel Riddick? Sure, he's a third, third option, whatever. But Kenyon Drake, really, really? I don't get it. I don't get it. From a, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, all of these are crap shots. I'd say John Brown, I love, but I don't know what this Raiders offense is going to look like but if from I had
2: just- to guess theoretic is for depth I mean one year I'm looking at one year 1.1 million that's got to be that, that's a depth signing right and, right. and Kenyon Drake I mean
0: that's talk about it
2: talk about a guy who, who single-handedly screwed fantasy owners last year I mean he he was a top pick and it just did nothing I think, I think they bought him in just for a change of pace, back.
1: That's yeah, the, the, the combination of Kenny Drake-Josh Jacobs makes no sense. I remember John Gruden saying multiple times before this year, we need to get Josh Jacobs involved in the passing game. Kenny Drake cannot run the ball through the middle. We, have, we saw that all last year. That's what made him terrible for fantasy. He can catch the ball. He didn't. I'm dumb. I'm speechless with this. They he has ruined two good fantasy players. Good old John Gruden. Not a fan.
2: It's Gruden. I mean, can't say I. (laughs) am trying to trying to get in his
0: head. Yeah, I I do like the John Brown pick. I just think Amari Cooper. You're losing Aguilar and gaining John Brown. To me, that's a slight upgrade. Um, I I, and Jay Jones. We'll see what he does. Um, he had some production last a little bit last year, not too much, but um, yeah. Because I mean, I get are they giving up on their rookies? Are
1: they giving up on Henry Ruggs the third and Brian Edwards like completely? Do, are they
0: do they not believe in those two anymore? Well, Jay Zay Jones is a re-signing, so he was already on the team last year. And then John Brown, you're basically just signing. I mean, and John Brown could end up being there. He's only on a one-year, $3 million deal as well. Um, so he they might have just brought him in to be mentor slash backup to Henry Ruggs. Um, I guess. It sounds like they have no idea what they're doing on their, their offense. That's what it sounds like. I think they're just hoping that someone sends a zero blitz with the game on the line again one more time. And that's the difference <laughs> for them <that> this year. <laughs> Not with your man Bob Sala in charge, Chuck. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You talk about highlight from last year that that'll go down. All right, it's one of those
1: infamous like sports spender
0: not top fifty, not
1: <laughs> like I mean six or seven probably at this point. Yeah, outside hey, hey, of that, talk- un- sorry Chuck Colts punt. <laughs> uh yeah, Pat McAfee is <laughs> talking about that.
0: <laughs> <That's>, oh boy. <laughs> Anyways,
2: <laughs> uh, i did not even gonna say anything about that because I already offended Chuck once tonight. So. <laughs> Yeah, Uh,
0: let's move on to the NFC. At least we'll start with the Cowboys signing Dak Prescott to a massive four year contract. One hundred and sixty million dollars. So giving them some stability at the quarterback position and Dak bought out last year. I mean, he was like a top five fantasy quarterback, so I expect more of the same. Um, Other than that, they. They made a bunch of – they have made some defensive signings, nothing too crazy, but yeah. Okay, the big question. Is Dax going to go, what,
1: Fit six, sixth round, something like that? He's going to go in that Russell Wilson category of, of uh, running
0: the quarterback, maybe, something like that, you know. Yeah, why because Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and jo- I imagine Josh Allen this coming year are going to be the most popular. Yeah. Quarterback picks, um and Lamar's still going to
1: sneak in there
0: because he won people championships and stuff like that, and was still great. I mean, every rush yard he gains is worth m- like two and a half times yes. as much as a pass yard. So you got to yeah. throw him. So I think he'll still be in that to where I think Dak, you still have
1: value with Dak.
0: And that's not he, he, you can figure him. Dak out. will be Dak will be with the Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, um. I'm trying to think. Uh, Matt, maybe Matthew Stafford. Stafford
1: is—I was, was about to say—but we'll the get Rams to, now.
0: Yeah, we'll get to him. Oh, but shit. like, well, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, he'll be in that range. I think where I just think people will depend on Mahomes a little more, um, and we'll we'll see. Because there's another,
1: yeah. So I want to um, see what Jesse does with their. Because my big question is their wide receivers. Yeah. How do you measure their three wide receivers? Cooper, CD Lamb, and Michael Gallup. Where, where would you take them, Jesse? Where would you like what round would you
2: consider them? Let's see. Cooper. I'm probably taking Cooper. It, it depends on what Dak we're getting. I mean, are, are we getting the Dak that was balling out? falling out the first like four weeks last year if we're getting that deck i'm taking cooper probably i don't know like four five or six round does that sound does that sound about right
0: i was thinking fourth or fifth um yeah i was thinking i, he,
2: I think he could sneak into three
1: with hype he was so good with Dak.
0: yeah just, yeah so, just, i mean
2: that's the thing we just don't know what Dak we're getting
1: Which one do you like more, C.D. Lamb or Michael Gallup? Because they're both very
2: tough to argue against. Ah, I honestly, that one's a coin flip. I would probably say, probably say Gallup over Lamb, but honestly, I I would be fine picking either of those. I mean, that that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, I always was a Gallup man. I am as well. I like Gallup. But uh, not much else to say about them for now in terms of fantasy. Let's move on to some of the bigger stories. The New York Giants made a flurry of signings this offseason, including signing uh, Devontae Booker. Big deal for Kenny Galladay, four years, $72 million. They signed John Ross to a one-year deal. And uh, as well as tight end Kyle Rudolph to pair with the weapons they already had in Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also made a couple of defensive signings, including a Dory Jackson and giving the franchise tag to Leonard Williams. Um, let's go to the Eagles. They're really quick. Only offensive signing they've made this whole offseason. Joe, Joe Flacco. Um, so you've got Jalen Hurts there, who, uh, you know, young quarterback, mobile quarterback, who's learning his way in the NFL. So who do you sign? A quarterback notable for saying, I don't want to mentor people. So there we go. That's all you got to. I don't You're know. You're on else... your own, young
2: man. <laughs> the only thing that Flacco can teach Jalen Hurts is to shut your eyes and throw it 50 yards downfield and hope for a pass
0: interference. And since they let Deshaun Jackson go, there's less likely for that to happen. So there we go. Let's go to what may be their permanent name: the Washington Football Team. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hope it is. I'm starting to like it. One of my favorite signings of the off season: they signed quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one year, ten million dollar deal to come in, try and give Fitz magic to the to the football team. They bring in Lamar Miller to sign um, on a one-year deal, probably just to be a really a backup to okay. uh, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. Um, they signed Curtis Samuel to a three-year, thirty-four and a half million dollar deal. Really, talk about let's talk about him because on that they've uh, tagged Brandon Sheriff, as well as uh, signing a couple other defensive and special teams signings um this this might be my team i'm most excited about
1: fantasy wise the washington football team you have a potential top what eight running back top five wide receiver and then curtis hamill can't with
0: ryan fitzpatrick is that i saw chuck make a face is that is that ridiculous to say i think scary terry can be a top 10 wide receiver for sure. Top five, okay. I don't know if I'm putting him there yet. But the PPR league for sure. Scary Terry with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I love I them. Oh, I just think oh, that's a good And Curtis Samuel is going to stretch the field. Like, mm-hmm. this could be a good team. I think this will
2: be a good
1: team.
0: Go
2: ahead, Jesse. Sorry. I'm excited because I live in Arlington, so I'm right in – I'm two miles away from Washington, D.C., and I'm excited to hear the radio shows when Ryan Fitzpatrick has his one or two games where he looks like the best quarterback in football. That's all I'm going to say about that.
0: <laughs> I'm, yeah. Um, also, let's go back to the Giants, if we don't mind. Uh, is this the contract year for Daniel Jones? It has to be. Yeah. I mean...
1: What have either of you seen from him
0: that makes you think he can actually do this? I'll tell you what: if he ties his shoelaces right and doesn't trip, he's he's a star.
1: See, when you when you have to make an immediate joke, the answer is a whole bunch of nothing.
2: <laughs> 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 I don't think he can do it. That's what, what I'm not. What pick was he drafted with? Do either of you know that. I mean, sixth I know pick. he was a first round, but was he like very high? Sixth, sixth, sixth. Six yeah i It's I,
1: almost as bad as trubisky but not
2: i've quite. seen enough from daniel jones to where i think he could be in the nfl for a lengthy time but i mean is anyone confident that he could take your team to a super bowl or make a playoff run because i'm i'm not and, and honestly if i'm the giants and a good quarterback falls to me this draft that. That's a tough decision. I'm, I may pull the trigger on one of these young quarterbacks and just roll the dice with it.
0: Yeah. yeah well,
2: what do they have? What do What do the Giants have?
1: I have forgot, Forgotten. What pick? Are they high enough to get one of the one of the couple guys? Um, let's because see. that that matters. You know, if, if yeah. you're top six, seven, and you can get one of those thing, one of those guys, people
0: actually believe in, and you have seen maybe they have the 11th pick. Oh, you're, you're, but they're in, I'll tell you what they're, they're in trade up position. They're they in are. a trade up position with like the Eagles at six or like if the Falcons at four, Want don't, aren't going to take a quarterback and Penny Sewell is off the board. Like if the dolphins or jets end up taking him, mm-hmm. I could see the Falcons trading back getting a bunch of draft picks to just try and make that team better yep
2: if but they now if if fields were to fall to them i think that would be a really good combo fields and barkley Uh, i'm just saying i would as if i was a giants fan i would want fields and barkley over jones and barkley so i'm just gonna leave it at that
1: that's fair enough Oh, so the answer is no, on Daniel Jones. In general, I think I think that's been think
0: no, that's been no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the answer is no. And I, oh, by the way, I also like this Devonte Booker signing as a I... like a secondary running back with Saquon coming off an injury. Like he's going to be a guy that I think you can pick up early in the year, get you some free some fantasy points early, and then as Saquon kind of comes back, just you know well, drop.
1: What about Gallman? Is Gallman gone? Um, Because, I mean, I, Gallman was not bad by any means. He couldn't, you know, he wasn't Saquon. He couldn't carry the load the same way, but he could do exactly what Devontae Booker can do, in my opinion. Um, But let's not, let's just dream Saquon Barkley's back week one. Wouldn't that be amazing you can draft him with confidence and know you can take him with your top three or four pick or two three pick whatever you're feeling and you're getting you're getting 15 games at least from saquon barkley doesn't it put your soul to ease
2: well i got the number three pick and i tell you i ain't taking him so i i have number one i've never had the number
1: one pick before and i'm i don't know what to do with it i don't know what to do with my body
0: Uh, It'll it'll come to you eventually. (laughs) All right, let's move on to my other favorite division in the NFC, the NFC North. Let's start with the old Chicago Bears. Da Bears. At quarterback to start over Nick Foles, who they had already traded for and was already (laughs) on a huge contract. The Chicago Bears sign... The Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Andy He's got experience. Dalton. He's got experience playing in the Midwest. Previously playing for Cincinnati. <laughs> Joining him, though, is talented wide receiver Allen Robinson, who will sign the franchise tag. So yeah. Oh David boy, Montgomery. Yeah, Dave yeah. Montgomery's still there.
1: I mean, they can't. the offense won't be worse. I, think, I, I don't think the offense will be worse.
0: We also have to remember Tariq Cohen, in theory, I guess, should be back for this year at some point. I forgot about him. How dare you? As, As did, did the world. Yeah. The Detroit Lions acquired Jared Goff in a previously reported trade in which they sent Matthew Stafford to the line. To the Rams. Uh, they also picked up running back Jamal Williams, who was previously with the Packers, and signed wide receivers Prashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams, as well as a tight end, Josh Hill. Um, I forgot.
1: And- I forgot. I wanted to tell you mid like pre episode, Chuck. We should do this and just not mention the Lions. <laughs>
0: just pre- pretend like they don't exist. Fantasy wise, because this is terrible. Hey, they, they've got fantasy points just like everyone else. All right. <laughs> so, my favorite story of the Lions, though, they acquired Michael Brockers in a trade. And after the, when Ma, Ma, Michael Brockers was still with the Rams, and after they had acquired Matthew Stafford, he publicly said Stafford is an upgrade from golf. And then the Rams traded him to the Lions. Which might be the funniest thing I've heard in this whole free agency. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I saw that in last. The Packers. About a minute. Yeah. The Packers have made two moves. They re-signed star running back Aaron Jones. So run it back for him with four years, $48 million deal. And they signed Kevin King the cornerback who decided not to cover Scotty Miller or anyone else <laughs> on the Tampa Bay secondary. And then finally we come to such the, a Packers move. Oh. <laughs> finally, we come to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Busy. They, they have signed no one on, of note on offense. They signed wide receiver, Chad beat B. Be, don't know who that is. Their biggest signing was Patrick Peterson to a one year, $10 million deal. So, I
1: think, I think the biggest fantasy has got to be just Aaron Jones re-signing, right? Run it back with Green Bay. Yeah. Where do you where do you two put him? Is he top ten again? Like, is he guaranteed RB one? I'll say in a twelve team league, guaranteed RB one.
0: I, I think he, he is guaranteed
2: because there. there's no Jamal Williams now.
0: Yeah, like AJ Dillon, But yep. Oh yeah. But but that means Aaron Jones – that opens up Aaron Jones for more receiving opportunities, which in a PPR league, that makes him so much more – even slightly more valuable. I mean, we'll see if they draft anyone because, like, you know, if they draft, like, Najee Harris or something, that might change things. And you'd say, but the Packers don't need to draft a running back, but they didn't need to draft a quarterback last year, and we saw that win, so – who knows?
2: I wouldn't be shocked if they trade up for Trevor Lawrence at this point.
1: <laughs> um, no, they trade up for both Trevor Lawrence and Najee Harris and start them over
0: Aaron Rodgers and uh, Aaron Jones.
1: That sounds like a Green Bay Packers move.
0: Yeah. Now uh, with the Bears, <laughs> how do you think the Bears' offense is evaluated under Andy, Andy Dalton? <sighs> yeah. <sighs> A man who lost his job to Ben DiNucci. (laughs) Um, do you... I'm not sure Alan Robinson doesn't get better. I I should... I wanted to correct myself. I believe, actually, Andy Dalton got hurt, and that's why Ben DiNucci started. So, I don't want to diss him. I'm not trying to be a painter, but... No, that is... That
1: is accurate. But... I mean, he wasn't, like, setting the world on fire with the Cowboys either. Andy Dalton wasn't. So, I think Allen Robinson might be hyper-targeted. Andy Dalton, you know, he hyper-targeted Amari Cooper towards the second half of that season once he got comfortable inside the offense. And Allen Robinson is as good, if not, I think, better than Amari Cooper. So, I actually think Allen Robinson could be a top 7-8 you know, option again this year. David Montgomery is my real question. I don't know what this offense is. Are they a passing option? Are they run first? I have no idea what to think of the Bears' offense with this new
0: scheme. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of questions with the Bears' offense right now. I just, boy, I don't know what to think. Jesse, you got any thoughts or...
2: It, honestly, it's just gonna be how much they throw to Allen Robinson. I mean, that that's that's my only real intrigue. And to Dan's point, yeah, how much are they gonna use Mount Montgomery? Because I I don't think anyone knows, and I, I don't think the Bears know because they they've had no identity for the last several years on offense. So it's it's kind of just wait and see. But I would say Allen Robinson is the one guarantee from this offense. He's going to get his targets, and I, I agree with Dan. I think he's still a, a solid receiver. Uh,
0: one thing before we move on, I, I kind of like Tyrell Williams with the Lions. Jared – I know Jared Goff's there, but he could be a good – he could be there. Um, he could be like looking...
1: a, one of those guaranteed 8, 9, 10-point guys. You just plug in, know that's what you're getting, and and you know be happy with it.
0: Yeah, Yep. Um, let's move on to the NFC South. Couple intriguing things I think going on here. Um, Mike Davis signs with the Falcons. The running back previously with the Panthers. Um, Todd Gurley is no longer there with the Falcons. Um, that's the only notable offensive signing. They signed a a they traded for a tight end Lee Smith from the Bills. I don't know much about him. Um, the Carolina Panthers, uh, signed David Moore and Dan Arnold from the Cardinals. Um, hmm. David Moore, I don't know much about him, but he's a relatively young player. Only about 26.
1: Yeah. He's from the Seahawks. He was a Seahawks three that I, we had to say he's a, he's a, he's a perfectly good wide receiver, but now you have DJ Moore and David Moore in the same team. I don't like it. I'm. I am i i am scared.
0: There's such a thing as too many moors. I mean, <laughs> moors more than much. Yes. Anyways, the New Orleans Saints have two quarterbacks because they resigned Jameis Winston after also signing Taysom Hill to a huge contract. Uh, they also resigned Ty Montgomery, running back wide receiver. Um, that's the biggest moves with them, and then we come to the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, gave Godwin Chris Godwin a franchise tag, re signed Rob Gronkowski to a one year deal, um, as well as several defensive signings, including Shaquille Barrett and Levante David, who are staying there. Um, any, I mean. For me, they have. By the way, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have not yet re-signed Antonio Brown. He is still free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the biggest signing, honestly, out of all this in terms of what's changing, I think Mike Davis. I think he's a solid running back too.
1: Oh. They, they don't have anybody else in that backfield, right? I mean, they still just have the, what was it, Brian Hill and. Edo uh, Smith. Yeah. Edo Smith of the world. And yeah, Mike Davis is better than them for sure. I, I distinctly believe Todd Gurley was usable last year and he looked not good. So I, I, think, I think you're right, Chuck. I think he's going a usable RB2 as long as that offense can move the ball down the field. Mm-hmm.
2: I like Mike Davis if they don't draft anybody.
0: Yeah. That's the big question mark yeah. going in
2: all this. I, with, with the backfield that you just mentioned, I could definitely see them taking a running back. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, Mike Davis could be a very good pick.
0: Yeah. I think my, the Pan- my
2: biggest. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chuck.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say the Panthers are the only ones that made a bunch of moves in this division. Um, but I don't necessarily think anything they did was earth shattering. I like tight, I like Dan Arnold, so I think he's a you know, another tight end you can put in your, you know, when you're looking for a backup tight end or signing one off the free agent wires, he's gonna be there and I think he's gonna be good.
2: Now question Taysom Hill last year was able you were able to put him at tight end. Are you still gonna be able to do that this
0: year? I don't believe so because he was put at tight end and then when Drew Brees got injured The first week he was available because they just had already hadn't reclassified him. But after that, he was reclassified to a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I think I did. I play you, Jesse, where I snagged up Taysom Hill
2: and played him as tight end as a quarterback that one week. You did. And I was very worried about that. Yeah.
1: You still won because that sucked. But
2: yeah, you know. Was that the week I beat you on like the last throw of the Monday night game? I think so, but I had always only won like
1: two games till then, so I wasn't quite as uh, locked into my wins and losses. God, I, I, was... stayed up,
2: I stayed up to watch that game, Dan, and uh, it literally came down to just the last garbage time throw. And it, it, it was unreal. I've never been more happier to see a, a just BS 17 yard like out route in my life.
1: <laughs> That's how my season went last year. <laughs> if
2: I wasn't much better, I'm picking third, man. So,
1: yeah, it was a, it was a new year last year, wasn't it, Jesse?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, out of the total Bush League championships, we've got quite a few here between the three of us, do we not? I believe yeah. so, because Dan, you've won two.
0: I, I definitely think. won. Yes, to t- yeah, yeah. Jesse, how many have you won?
2: with the bush league I've won two I believe in total was... I, like whatever the league was called before that I think I won it in the first year
0: Chuck won it the first year Yeah I beat Ian sure. in the first year Okay you might have won I it the I think I won it the
2: year after that Yeah
0: our first year living at the ridge I believe so I think I have it three times
1: We'll look Next, this up Yeah Dan I, yeah, I think Yeah whatever But either way, we have a lot of the championships
0: between. I think Pappas has one. That might be it. Yeah. Um, and then uh really quick before we move on, I think with the Bucks, you just pretty much run it back. I think Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're all and Gronk, they're all exactly where they were last year. This is the run it back division.
1: Saints, Bucks, Panthers, kinda outside of the little bit of
0: changes. Run it back. I think the Saints are the biggest question mark. After Drew Brees retiring, um, like Michael Thomas, we'll see what happens. I think he's a good wide receiver, but they had a special relationship. We'll see how this goes. He can't do much worse than last
1: year, though. So it's kind of like, you know, middle ground of that. I don't think it's going to hurt
0: Kamara. I think he's special and will not
1: have a problem.
0: Okay, now let's move on to our, the final division, NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals' most notable signing in terms of fantasy offense, A.J. Green, after many years with the Bengals, has come to the Arizona Cardinals, um, along with several other signings, obviously, J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that before. Um, and trading for the Raiders' starting center. Because, you know, starting centers come around all the time. So, why not? <laughs> of course. <clears throat> the Los Angeles Rams acquired Matthew Stafford in the offseason. As well as signing wide receiver Deshaun Sean Jackson to a one-year deal. And signed uh, Leonard Floyd to a four-year deal from the Bears. Mm. On the defensive side. The San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Usechek, the old fullback, back in it. Not much else to say other than um, signing Alex Mack and Trent, and re-signing Trent Williams to a six-year, one hundred thirty-eight million dollar deal. Um, and then finally, the Seattle Seahawks re-signed Chris Carson, as well as signing tight end Gerald Everett from the Rams. Um. That's basically their most notable picks. They have made several other on the offensive and defensive side, but nothing too crazy to write home about. Uh, I should also mention on the defensive side, the 49ers re-signed Jason Verrett. Very good cornerback. Yes. Um, uh, Chuck,
1: do you have anything to say outside of the Rams? uh,
0: Yeah, I like A.J. Green with the Cardinals. Cool, okay. I I don't he just didn't get a lot of targets last year. Joe Burrow loved Tyler Boyd and um who's the other the rookie? Um T T Higgins, T Higgins. T Higgins, he just had a good connection with both those guys. He didn't end AJ Green got a lot of targets early but he wasn't converting them. But and then Joe Burrow went down and that whole offense kind of just kind of shut down from there. I think AJ Green has a chance to start a new out in the desert i think kyler murray throws the ball i think he's gonna be a solid flex option like i think a lot of people will draft Um, him in like those last two rounds when they're just looking for people i don't know the
2: question is fitzgerald coming back to the cardinals he is he is
1: he's i think he's unsigned at this point still I think the assumption would be he would be if he's not retiring, but I don't think he's signed. Um, but there are, there are very different wide receivers anyway. Larry is a slot, dead in the slot, especially at this point in his career. He's not going outside anymore and running what he – and A.J. Green is a pure
0: outside, you know, dominant, mm-hmm. big ball receiver. Go so ahead, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald is under contract. It's just whether or not he will retire. Okay. That's the only question. Oh,
2: Okay. Gotcha. I yeah, do. I'm just – I don't know, man. I'm i am intrigued by this possible receiving core that Arizona has. You have Hopkins, Green, and Fitzgerald. And Fitzgerald is obviously no, uh, nowhere near what he used to be. But I don't know. I, I just think with that offense – and you can only cover so many people. So I, I think you could see some pretty good flex plays with A.J. Green and maybe even Fitzgerald if you're in a deep league.
0: Yeah. Where would
2: you draft AJ Green? Um with what you think of him? Cuz you might not have to draft him as early as you think, but like I, I don't think he no, I don't I, I wouldn't draft him early. If it's How many rounds are in our draft? 16? Four, four, 14?
0: No, this year it's going to be like 18 or something with the two because we have two flexes and oh. the defensive players and whatnot, but that's we're right. we're kind of a unusual league as that is and we're only eight people. Um, but I'd say the average draft has like you have nine starters and seven bench spots, so that's sixteen ish. Okay. Sixteen rounds. Yep. Back to Jackson being right. If, there we go. If, go ahead.
2: If Fitzgerald <laughs> comes back, my guess is he's anywhere in that like I don't know, 12 to 16 range, depending on if somebody wants to gamble on him. That's just my guess. Yeah, I I think people are going to pick him
1: earlier than that. I think people are – I think the consensus of general leagues might take him in like the eighth or ninth round, just thinking he's going to show up on a new team opposite DeAndre Hopkins and just be,
0: be awesome. Yeah, I, 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 we'll see how it goes with Larry Fitzgerald, but I think either way, A.J. Green's a, a valuable... He still can play. He still he can, can play. But let's just talk about the Rams. Uh, fantasy Impact, Stafford is there. We've already talked about it. It's been talked about it quite a bit, but Deshaun Jackson's signing seems interesting to me.
1: Is he only to stretch the defense, you know, and and allow other players what they do? Or is he going to be an integral
0: weapon for this year? Sean McVay, you know, he does that. What do you think? I don't know. He Stafford loved throwing to, like, Hall and Jones on those 50-yard bombs. So I think signing to Sean Jackson and giving him someone to have those throws to I mean, he's very much a gamble. He's not, I'm not, I don't think anyone drafts Deshaun Jackson this year, unless it's like in the last round or something. Yep. But I could see him just being like in daily fantasy, just being like one week you're like strapped. You've picked a bunch of expensive players and you're like, you know what? Let me just see if Deshaun gets a bomb, a, a, a some 60 yard bomb that he catches for a touchdown this week.
1: Yeah, we're gonna talk about him a lot on daily on our daily conversation, aren't we? He's his name's gonna pop up a ton. Yeah. Um do Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, are they an upgrade, downgrade, even keel? What do you think about them? Because I mean, Jared Goff didn't, you know, do them any wrong. They were good wide receivers. But I definitely think Matthew Stafford is better than Jared Goff. So what do you think? Uh, upgrade is kind of how I like my initial inclination would would feel.
2: Yeah, I think I definitely think it's an upgrade.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know I feel like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods go down and around. Not when I say go down, I mean uh, let me rephrase. When you're Sitting there, and you're like, okay, I've got Cooper Cup, I've got Robert Woods, and I've got whoever else is in that round, right, on your draft board. I think last year I'd be thinking, uh, I don't think Jared Goff is going to play as well as he did in their Super Bowl year or the year before. So, you know, I'm not going to take him. This year, you might have that same scenario and go, you know what, I think I'll take the gamble on one of them. Right, uh, really? I want a piece of that. I want a piece right. of that offense. Yeah, I'd probably go Cooper Cup, just slightly more likely to benefit, but um, I don't know. Both of them are still first four round wide receivers to me.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Third, I think yeah. they both they live at the end of the
1: third round. Those two, and they're gonna they're gonna live there again. It feels like until this year, and Matthew Stafford picks his favorite, and then we'll go ballistic in next offseason trying to figure out which. If it's a, if it's going to continue or yeah, it'll be
0: crazy. Yeah, Well, though, that's the end of the preview. That's free agency so far. Uh, still a lot of free agents out there, T. Y. Hilton among them, please come home. That's all I gotta say. Um, and of course, the draft will change all of this as well, because uh, obviously, besides Trevor Lawrence, everyone else's fate is pretty much up in the air. Where do these quarterbacks go? Where do some of these wide receivers go, like Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and even some of these second-round wide receivers, like Rondale Moore from Purdue, mm-hmm. who had a crazy pro day. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of offensive talent in this year's draft. So we'll see where they all go. Um, Najee Harris
1: is going to change entirely how we feel about a backfield. doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to
2: dramatically change how we feel about it.
0: Travis Etienne, too, I think. Same way. Ben I a- agree. Dre- where he goes yeah yep uh and then Jackson- a third
2: a third one i think could be a second or third round pick uh trace uh sermon from ohio state depending on where he goes he could change that yeah he needs
1: a he needs a good spot to impact rookie year i think but i he could ruffle feathers jacksonville he'd be like oh, crap now
0: what do we do with this backfield <laughs> yeah yeah um Jesse, thanks for coming on. Uh, do you feel like your grievances were aired thoroughly enough?
2: Yeah, I mean it's uh, it, Dan. We're we're in unusual territory right now as Steeler fans, and uh, you know we we've, we've been spoiled with some uh, very good seasons for a while. So it's kind of hard to complain, but man, it just sucks.
1: <laughs> it's this, we've been here before, Jesse. Where you look forward and go, I just don't know what we're going to do. But then I, I remember Tommy Maddox in it too. You're like, oh my Lord, what, is, what are we doing here? But trust, trust in the organization,
0: Jesse. Have faith.
2: God, I hope you're right, man.
0: All righty, y'all. Good luck with your picks. Good luck with the rest of your brackets. Uh, that's all we can say, because, boy, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But good luck, everybody. Have fun.